0: Welcome back, folks, to the Not Funny Guys present Why, exploring the philosophy, rhetoric, and ultra-impact of the MCU. I am your host, Dr. John, and this week I am joined, rather I say rejoined, after a long and difficult hiatus where he <laughs> suffered greatly in the cause, my dear friend, one of my best friends, Eric. Heyo. He's back. hello. All right, folks, reminder, this pod is an extension of our main podcast. The Not Funny Guys presents Off the Reels, where we explore the films. And here we explore the ideas and a little debate, a little back and forth. Starting by asking the question, why? This is episode twenty, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So to start with a little comic book backstory, we do have some new characters here we're going to throw in the mix. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say right up the bat that I am not really going to be including Agent Carter or Mar- uh, Mariah Rambo as Captain Marvel uh, as variants. But um, if you get if you have anger issues with that, you can write me. Um, but let's start with one who is important, America Chavez. Uh, this is a comic book character, was created by Joe Casey and Nick Degada, uh, first appeared in Vengeance Number no. 1 in 2011. She is a Latin American uh, character in her origin, and she actually took up the mantle of Miss America, which was previously held by Golden Age character by the name of Madeline Joyce. Uh, she has superhuman strength, capable of interdimensional travel. Prominent member of the Young Avengers, and she's a prominent LGBTQ character in the comics, which I don't think they've necessarily done anything with the character in the film yet. But we don't know yet. We'll see. Yeah, we um, did she did. She did have same-sex parents. We will. I will say mm-hmm. that. Yep. We'll never know. Uh, we also have been introduced to Mister Fantastic, aka Doctor Reed Richards, as they call him in the movie and in the comic books. The smartest man alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, created by stan lee and jack kirby he is the leader of the fantastic four and first appeared in fantastic four number one in 1961 if you don't know folks a little facts trivia here is that martin goodman the publisher of then marvel comics uh was actually having playing golf with uh one of the publishers from dc and was hearing about the success they were having with their team called the justice league and so he came back and told stan hey i want a team like that and that's the birth of fantastic four which we will be seeing hopefully in a full movie. And I hear it's Pedro Pascal playing Mr. Fantastic and not John Krasinski, as we saw in this film.
1: Don't get ahead of the news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's already out there, but we haven't talked this about it in the pod is, yet. Other yeah. pod yet, so sue me.
1: Um, <laughs> of course, he can
0: elongate and stretch his body. Um, and he got this power after he and his team members irresponsibly took a rocket into space and were bombarded with cosmic radiation. Talk about another guy who probably isn't really a hero deep down. Then we have Professor X, Professor Charles Francis Xavier, founder of the X-Men, reprised in the movie in this film with the, the appearance of Patrick Stewart. First appeared in the X-Men number one, 1963, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, Like other members of the X-Men, he is a mutant with telepathic powers. He is considered to be one of the most telepathic, uh, the most powerful telepaths in the world. And he is, of course, the founder of the X-Men, sometime leader, depending. We also have Black Bolt, fresh from his unfortunate appearance in the Inhumans short-lived tv series and a much better role uh real name blackagar boltagon which is what they refer to him actually in the movie uh was created by stanley and jack kirby first appeared in fantastic four number 45 in 1965 he is the ruler of atlan which is the home of the inhumans who he rules over the inhumans if you folks don't know are a race of reclusive genetically altered superhumans his primary power is that his voice is so powerful that to hear him speak s- creates such a shockwave that it will destroy all things around it, which we saw in the film. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, both too good and bad. Hence, he does not speak because of this. And finally, we have Clea. Or as she is known in the comic books, Clea Strange. Because if you didn't know, folks, this is Doctor Strange's wife. Um she was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and first Wait. appeared in Strange Tales number 126 in 1964. Who is this in the movie? Clea. This is who shows up in the post credits. Uh oh, Charlie yeah, theron's yeah. character. Charlie yes, right. yes. Okay. Um she is a sorceress who is a dis- who was a disciple and then eventual wife of Doctor Strange. Talk about grooming, buddy. Um oh. one point she was also the Sorcerer Supreme herself and she is from the dark <laughs> dimension and distantly related to Dormammu. Now, as I noted before, in this universe, eight whatever they called themselves, was it 839 or whatever they were calling themselves? We found in this world that Maria okay. Rambo, not Carol Danvers, became Captain Marvel. And it uh-huh. was Peggy Carter who became Captain America slash Captain Carter rather than Steve Rogers. Um, for further bits on uh, Captain Carter, you can always watch the what if uh, season one. I don't know if she'll be in season two, but she's definitely in season one.
1: I think she is in season two, actually. I think she like, based on the trailer, she seems to be a a
0: major player. Okay, well that's good. I'm I'm glad. I will be glad to see her again. Yeah. Now a couple episodes. I want to say here for our topic of conversation, I find that in reviewing more and looking at more of Doctor Strange, particularly going back and looking at the first film, but even more so in this film. I find him to be a problematic, rather morally sticky, ethical problem for the entire MCU, which he literally gets called out as that in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for his, whether it's deontological or utilitarian, he is a bona fide narcissistic problem. So I want to pose the question who is the real villain in this film? Is it Wanda or is it Steven? Well, to be clear,
1: uh, we've dealt with a, a major narcissist, if you will, in the past in terms of Tony Stark, and so we, we, we needed we needed to <laughs> fill that whole, that void now that we're in post Phase Three, uh, Marvel Land. Um, you know, I, all right. So you mentioned you know the 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 topic before we hopped on here, and so I did a quick little research into the the four you know the the classic ones that I learned the man versus sort of conflict points. Okay, yeah. Um and then the I classic found out plot actually, devices. Yeah. Yeah. There there's actually I saw a breakout now of seven different ones. Yes. So there's the person versus self, person versus person versus society versus nature. Those are the main four that I you know I was taught as a kid, but now there's also strange as all of those. Versus machine versus a supernatural being versus destiny or fate. Oh my and god, so... he does all
0: seven. Oh my god. Okay, that's good thing I did not anticipate, but I'm glad you brought this up.
1: <laughs> so so this is where I I so I saw initially real quickly. This should two. this could
0: be a paper, you know that right? This literally uh, right. We're talking. This could this be that my thesis. Doctor you know? Strange.
1: <laughs> this is my thesis, Doctor. I'm gonna I'm actually okay. Got you, gotcha. you. Gotcha. Um, no, I, so I I think the movie has multiple aspects where, obviously, Wanda's portrayed as a villain at times. I I think I understand why Steven is portrayed by a villain. He's certainly thought of as a villain. Um, in the alternate universe that they kind of land in for for a permanent time, um, I think that the Wanda and her struggle kind of fits person versus self and person versus destiny, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of her too that she's really fighting. Uh, obviously, person versus person happens here. You know, that's just any Marvel movie. Um, the society I didn't catch as much. Um, uh, the machine or technology, I don't know. Think that about
0: think about him in relationship to that universe where they killed him. He was causing incursions. His dream walking. True. Yeah. So I mean, what I guess what
1: we do learn is that so I, I don't think anyone comes out clean in this movie, right? Because no. Doctor Strange definitely portrays himself as he is certainly a narcissist, even in our main Marvel timeline that that we we are part of or or taken on. Um, but I, I have a hard time thinking he's the villain of the movie. I don't know that I agree with that or or, or that I could agree with that rather. Okay. Um, I think that it ultimately is Wanda. Um I think that the destiny, if you will, or the fate maybe of Doctor Strange, as everyone thinks, is partially a villain. And it well, is Especially updated. in the What If.
0: If you think about the What If one. Not yeah. just this oh, movie, yeah, but if yeah. you think about his episode in What If where he
1: which is almost like that's who they try to bring back in the, the kind of nether voice. Well, I
0: think they, they introduced us to another evil strange because mm-hmm. I think by the trailer we all thought we were gonna see that same yeah, strange, sure. but we just saw a different version. But another one who called it caused an incursion. But I think he referred to him so, so sinister, right? Or or he calls him Emperor, yeah, he does sort of record himself something. in that, but I think it's not yeah. the same one, but it's similar.
1: But there's yeah. very much a not just in terms of strange versus strange with the musical note fight and stuff like that, especially, but there's a strange versus himself idea and not, not in the literal context of two, two strangers, but him and his own, his own mind, right. He's constantly fighting this kind of, I think he knows and right. They allude to it several times in the movie that the only way to really win here and a quick win would be to off America and take her powers. Um, And so he's constantly fighting against that, Kind of impulse in order to prove that he can be good and i think he's doing that maybe in part for himself
0: you know he's, he's doing he's first... fighting he's he's fighting utilitarianism yeah well the first ten minutes are are about with killing america chavez to do the greater good yeah the greater good
1: <laughs> well the whole first 10 minutes are really about guilting dr strange and making him feel like crap for being him i don't know yeah. <laughs> in a way so not to say it humbles him. Yeah, I'm not saying that because sure enough, he jumps off that balcony
0: with his cape in hand. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, you I know, there's I that line that Christine gives him. They're both villains it's about really well, different. about Christine with the uh, well, then I'll, I'll let me revise my statement. but like there's a statement that Christine talks about him, about his narcissism mm-hmm. and that he can't let go. And I mean, that's like the one thing he kind of learns in the film. His yeah. redeeming quality in the film is that he learns to trust America to let go enough to let her fight her own fight and defeat Wanda. And Wanda's lesson is to learn that she has been truly corrupted into evil, which she seems to refuse quite a bit. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're both. So uh, I restated my sense of hitting who's the real villain. Who's Mm. the real problem that's being solved here? In fact, I think in a weird way, we could argue that they are mirrors of each other. You know, Wanda and him both learn, have to learn, um, lessons. I mean, Wanda's is is driven a lot by her powers and her feelings that she should be able to do more, to save more, have to have more. Mm-hmm. And Stephen is more driven by what he had before he had his abilities, his his sort of egotistical beliefs, his internal self that thinks that he is always the correct, he always has the correct answer, mm-hmm. you know. Like, makes me think about the time that he told Tony Stark that one thing, and maybe it was him who was supposed to do it. I don't know. Maybe he tricked Tony into killing himself. Who knows? <laughs> There's a dark theory for everybody. <laughs> hey, <see laughs> next week. I mean,
1: in fairness, he wanted to I be the say... only
0: narcissist. He knew there could only be one. So he had Tony Highlander himself before he had to do it. It's the
1: narcissist Highlander. I like it. <laughs> i i don't know i think like um i don't think he off tony stark <laughs> That's what like. okay. <laughs> we can accept that truth okay but i i do think that this movie kind of alludes to the idea that he may not have had to only have that one choice right the surrendering of the time stone maybe wasn't the only option available um
0: Maybe he didn't know. look hard enough. Sacred
1: timeline, sacred <laughs> timeline talk here, you know.
0: Yeah, no. We get we, yeah, let's let's go back to let's yeah. go back to this film. Let's go past phase three before we drift into a debate about whether <laughs> yeah. Doctor Strange is a serial killer of uh superheroes who he feels threatened by. So <laughs> he definitely wants to
1: be the most powerful
0: uh with terms well, of I magic. did say that terrible Doctor Strange seventies movie was really just them trying to make Tony Stark Doctor Strange. No, that was just a glorified music video
1: with, with <laughs> awesome music, as you know. Oh,
0: no. Let's not go there. You <laughs> go alone. Such a bad film. All right. But getting back to this, I think the real answer is we have to split the baby here and, prob- and accept it. In a lot of ways, Doctor Strange and Wanda are literally the most problematic and most powerful characters in the MCU to a degree. And I think what we get out of this, I mean, I guess what rubs me the wrong way about Doctor Strange is that I do hope Wanda is alive and that she gets to come back and have a happier ending. Because what bothers me about Doctor Strange is that he messed around with the Darkhold, got a third eye, and then in the end credits is prancing around New York City like he's just some savant playboy having his best life. And then Kalia shows up to tell him you caused an incursion. He's like, all right. Let's do this. He's not the fond, you know. He doesn't get to go, oh yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I I I think they're both the villains in a way, but I think it's really that, I mean, I still think she's the villain. Because I think really it's about the idea of both of them could be tempted to the level she is, but he's
0: not. You know what I mean? Fair enough. So, so you I think, think it's the like a great story. power comes great responsibility. So right. Spider-Man needs to have sat down with both of them and lectured them. Is what we're I mean, saying here,
1: he, you know. Oh, Spider Man's already happened by Multiverse of Madness, right? The, and um, by the way,
0: Doctor Strange,
1: come on, third one, <laughs> helping him out in
0: that one. You know, you didn't, you didn't help cause that problem by allowing some 17, 18 year old kid who that's you let. The, it that's stray. the
1: encouragement he called. That's where. That's where I think he he incurred he led to well
0: incursion. if you've seen spider-man across the spider-verse that's where miguel basically chews out dr strange for him and that other spider-man basically causing what basically was an incursion and quote-unquote fixing it miguel literally there's a there's a scene in the film when miles shows up and he is pissed off about something and he says well there's that guy in that strange that sorcerer guy almost caused an incident Oh, six, one, whatever they call it, nine, 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 nine. They refer to it as like nine, nine, nine. They give it some other different number than they did in this one. But yeah. So I I think it's complex. I think it basically boils down to folks. Who do you most identify? Do you most identify with Wander? Do you most identify with Steven? But in the end, I would say this, Sam Raimi cut his teeth on horror films. Uh And so the idea that someone may have done something terrible and then someone may have gotten away with doing something terrible is not outside the scope of possibility yes just say I I'll, I'll concede to your idea in this
1: way how about this okay I think Wanda's still the villain but she's also the most empathetic character like True. she's the one that I feel like Like you understand and kind of feel her pain for her, and she's she's the one who I think loses her person versus destiny fate. You know, she ultimately has to realize, I'm not I'm not getting back what I thought. Right, this is just my life. So
0: that's true.
1: She she has a redemption, but I think. I think she's the most empathetic in terms of like one of our most empathetic villains in general. Though, so well, yeah, at, at this at one point I'm kind of like, just get over the fucking kids, make some more. I don't know, well,
0: whatever. but you know, I thought it was interesting <laughs> is the way she, when she calls out Stephen above Carmitage or wherever it was, where she says, you know, you do this and I do this, yeah. but you get rewarded and I get punished, and it's like right. doesn't seem fair. Like she's almost critiquing like what we might see as a hyper sexist. Mm -hmm. chauvinistic kind of element to it that Stephen Strange sort of gets the benefit of the doubt it's like oh I healed somebody with my car Um, white male hi oh no (laughs) I got community service and a probation oh no that that poor black man over there he did the same thing he's going to life in prison darn you know or oh that woman over there she did the same thing and they're roughing her up and throwing her in the back of the cop car they're just talking to me you Who know? would have guessed that misogyny played a role in uh, in
1: oh, superhero geez. movies?
0: <laughs> I think it's it's there. And I'm sure somebody somewhere is digging more into it because I feel like they're challenging a little bit there. But, like, you know, if you go back to my uh, my overarching thesis about Phase 4 is that I do believe there is an element inside of Phase 4 of, of grieving and also dealing with, shall we say, um, sticky subject matter that I think has made some people uncomfortable. But perhaps for the better. Was this the end of phase four? No, not yet. Okay. Um, I think the technically the end of phase four. If I remember, I don't know. I'll let me pull that up. But yeah. So any final thoughts while you're doing that? I'm going to pull up what I remember the the end of phase four here.
1: Um, no final thoughts. I I I don't know. Like on one hand, it's I I say Wanda's the villain. On the other hand, I understand why Strange is fighting not to be the villain and in a way this is a movie that doesn't have a villain i mean i don't know watching it again with rachel cuz she she missed it at the time that i had to kind of cram it for for a marathon recordings um so i watched it again with her and i was like fuck like wanda's wanda's pretty rough like she like she's a she's a horror character uh, so So it's definitely hard not to call her the villain, but in a way, because of how empathetic her story is, I think you could argue that there's not truly any villain in this. There's just a lost hero.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. So I think that's a good place to call this one. So um, what are your thoughts, folks? Tell us. You can write us at notfunnyguys.offthereals at gmail.com. You can hit us on Instagram at, at not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents. Over on Twitter, forever as long as that still exists at that at Not Funny Guys Pod. Blue skies, we are the Not Funny Guys. Um, I'm sure we will have a threads very soon. Um, until then, folks, stay strange and keep asking questions.